0: Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Build Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Hayes, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Natalie Bone, brand ambassador for James Hardy, who took the time to chat to us about renovations and how to ensure that you're happy with the finished product. Let's hear what Natalie had to say. So yeah, Natalie, thanks a million for joining me this this afternoon it's afternoon for me it's also afternoon for you because uh you are in parts so you're a couple of hours behind but um nonetheless thank you very much for joining us and uh I know you've done a good bit of traveling over the last couple of days so you're you're probably not 100% certain what time zone you're on at this stage (laughs) (laughs) that's a bit bit like it is exactly (laughs) (laughs) very good very good um but, yeah, Natalie, look, I suppose we we'll uh, we'll get straight into it. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your role with James Hardy?
1: Sure. well, look, um James Hardy and I came across one another going back probably about five years ago now, and it for me, um it was very much a collaborational um, idea of bringing the Hamptons to Australia. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we've been renowned at doing a Hamptons look um, in Australia for probably the best of 15 years, but it wasn't recognised as a Hamptons look. We were currently at that time we were in Brisbane and uh, it was sort of the convergence of the old Queenslanders that were transforming into these beautiful, classic, traditional houses that didn't have that federation look to them and uh, when I then went across to the Hamptons it was uh, you know the shining light of the obvious that the look (laughs) that we were doing was actually a Hamptons look and of course to do um, a, a shingle as such which is what those houses are made out of I really needed to find a product that was going to initiate and have the longevity and and really connect with the consumer to create those beautiful looks and In the past, I think, uh, you know, people had kind of linked a weatherboard look to maybe a beach shack, you know, but definitely Mm -hmm. not something that was a $30 million property. So, you know, when we came across, you know, the James Hardy products, for us, it was an absolute no-brainer to, you know, work with them and, uh, you know, again – help educate the consumer of, you know, the products that were actually in the marketplace that can be used in a way to create these magnificent Hampton-style houses.
0: Yeah, fantastic, fantastic, yeah. And, um, and yeah, and obviously you are, I suppose, uh, as it's scripted here, you are Australia's expert on Hampton's design. You're also a qualified builder.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, look, that came out of um, more so uh, because – when you're looking at, you know, the industry as, you know, I suppose to get the end results and the visions of, you know, creating the looks that people are after, it's really right from the very beginning that people needed to have the room and the houses to create the looks that they wanted in it. So, it became a necessity to um, to do that because we wanted to be able to create and design the houses to suit the needs and have the vision at the end of what people were really looking for. So, It was, um, you know, my dad was a builder and so I sort of grew up in the ranks of understanding, you know, builds and it was great to then link arms with builders. But it's another thing to be able to do it yourself and, uh, you know, really understand the technicalities and also be able to, especially in a Hampton style house, because they're so detailed, you need to know what you're talking about with trades and, um, you know, getting that communication right with the consumer as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's um, that kind of segues nicely, I suppose, onto our topic for today, which is that uh, that notion of, you know, how to kind of how to how to have your plan in place, how to kind of, you know, be organized, get the right builder and, you know, have a kind of a successful have a successful um, uh, renovation, because one of the um, one of the 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 uh, figures from the data from James Hardy actually that um that was quite striking was that uh was that one in three people are not completely satisfied by their renovation works which to me is a substantial number um mm-hmm. although i think and i think and you, you can correct me if i'm wrong on this looking at some of the main uh, the main reasons for it uh say you know the whole idea of compromising maybe different differences with the exterior look finishes fittings that kind of thing it kind of strikes me that some of that probably relates back maybe to homeowners uh maybe having unrealistic kind of goals for what they want to achieve and maybe that's that certain amount of kind of due diligence and you know research hasn't been done in advance would that be fair to say natalie or it just seems it seems like those are kind of, you know, that these aren't um these aren't say unhappinesses with builders, but more so maybe with what their initial view for what they wanted was just a little out of reach.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think one of the the main things that, you know, we pride ourselves on is is absolutely education and communication with the consumer because you know, that data, you know, from James Hardy, I mean, obviously, they're, you know, this leading building product and and company, and they really make sure that they access, you know, the amount of data that they need to become better, you know, to be the best in what they do. And when you're starting to, you know, right at the very beginning with a, you know, a client, when they, you know, realise that they want to either build or renovate a house, it's kind of having a deer in headlights, you know, they have all these, You know, champagne ideas, and in some cases, (laughs) it can be on a beer budget. And so it's about that communication between. Um, you know, yourself, you know, when you're designing the house up front, um, you know, really understanding what their needs and benefits are, you know, really going through and making sure that they have a full list of, you know, why they, A, why do you want to build or renovate? You know, it could be somebody that has a plot of land and they definitely want to build and have a complete new build. It could be, and, and they don't understand the factors that relate to councils and and what they can mm-hmm. and they do on that, you know, and have, um you know, setbacks and what they can and, you know, the <laughs> You always get this, well, it's my land, can't I do what I want? Um, <laughs> you know, or they're in suburbia and they say, well, I want to have this, you know, five-storey house, but, you know, the council says I can only have three. So it's it's about, you know, really getting the, the client to understand, um, you know, the relevancy of what they actually want to do and then educate them along the way and hold their hand and create this incredible experience for them you know, Mm. that they are engaged and enrolled in. And, you know, that figure doesn't surprise me because I think when people go in um, to spending, and it it is one of the largest spends that they'll ever do in their lifetime, whether they're a first, second or last, um, you know, homeowner, Mm. it's still a significant amount of money spent. So it's about, you know, really getting into the the nitty-gritty of, you know, who lives there, what their needs are, you know what their expectations are what their budgets are um and then connecting the dots and making sure that you know first of all the design is going to fulfill exactly what their needs are making sure that their selection process is on point and you know you're not selecting a $3000 tap when they can only afford a $300 <laughs> tap it's all of it's the crossing the t's and dotting the i's you know and holding the hand of that client and then linking them you know, again, back with a builder so that they don't have, you know, those regrets because it's such a sad situation, you know, when at the end of a builder, somebody you know, turns around and says, oh, I'd never do that again, because that's not how that experience should be. You know, the experience should be, you know, full of joy and excitement and, you know, um, so, you know, thrilling for them, even if they're not a willing participant. And what I mean by that is if it's a couple, you know, you always get one that's more excited than the other, you know, so you do find that you want to engage both of them, you know, to make sure that, you know, they really are enjoying that whole experience. So, look, we are turning the mark around i think you know and and it's you know podcasts like this and it's information like this that we can impart you know with the clients so then you know they start understanding the questions to ask what they need to do how they can prepare and then how to find you know a great link and and um you know builder that they are going to be happy with you know to fulfill their vision at the end of the day
0: yeah yeah very good very good um yeah, I, I I laugh when you said there about one one of the couple being more into it than the other. We used to have a TV show in Ireland. Actually, it probably still is running. Um, I think it was called Room to Improve, and it was every Sunday night. It was a pretty much a lesson in how one person was more invested than the other oh, in it. Really <laughs> and it was yeah, so it was it was quite an interesting character study. But um, but well, one of the things you mentioned there, uh, Natalie, and it's um something I suppose I was thinking of as well, uh you talk about like say the for with the builder um or with the architect or with whoever it is that you kind of interrogate what it is you're looking for and, and 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 come up with the best the best plan based on those needs and kind of wants and and you know the nice to haves I suppose as well mm-hmm. I suppose it's like <laughs> with so much material out there for people to look at say in terms of you know you've got magazines websites like you've got so on instagram pinterest all of these things like you've got so much inspiration that you can kind of almost be inspired beyond reality and like how how would you recommend people maybe to approach that initial stage of looking at what would we like to have without them, kind of you know, going onto Instagram and, and and finding some celebrity's house and deciding I want that. We all yes. want that, but we can't have that.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I I don't think that it's about what they can't have. It's about again understanding what their needs are. You know, really having a defined, um, you know, specific list of. You know, I always say to people, well, you know, how do you want to live? Because houses, and especially that Hamptons, look, it's all about lifestyle. It's all about, you know, how they, you know, do they want to have open plan? You know, do they want to have that indoor-outdoor living? Do they want to, you know, specifically have, you know, separate dining to, you know, to live in? Do they want to have upstairs mm. or downstairs beds? You know, do they have kids? You know, the kids live at home? Do they need to have, you know, bathrooms each? Or can they have Jack and Jill? So it's really getting down to the nitty-gritty of of exactly what it is that they're wanting, I think that there is a huge place for, you know, um, imagery, you know, like magazines and, you know, which will never go away because people still love that feel and that visceral feeling of being able to look, you know, and touch and have a look at that. But Instagram and Pinterest and, you know, even TV shows, all of those sorts of things I think are a great way of starting to identify. And I always say to a client, you know, get as much as you can either make a little, you know, mood board look folder that, you know, and just junk everything in there that you can, Um, you know, try to understand, you know, once we've done that, that everything is sort of laid out and, you know, people that come to us as an example, you know, they, they, first of all, they know they want some sort of a Hamptons house, you know, because they wouldn't come to us otherwise. You know, we wouldn't get the concrete floor with the red leather lounge suite. You know, that's just not our, no. our clientele. So defining their style is quite easy, and I think, you know, them trying to understand the style is, is one thing for us that we need to identify, okay, well, underneath that banner, are they a coastal, are they um, a country, are they a classic, You know, are they more eclectic? Are they more modern? You know, we start breaking those things down. Once you've done that as far as styling internally and starting to, you know, pull those mood boards together... The outside has to match the inside so that from, you know, your first standing externally looking in, it has to match what it says right from the get go. So what Jane Hardy have actually done is they've put together what they call a style source book. And and I think that this is a great way to identify a look of a product Um, a colour of a product and what it's gonna look like and also breaking down some of the um, understandings of how the house is going to actually look. And I think from that, then people can start identifying, you know, whether they want weatherboard from head to toe or whether they want, you know, cladding or whether they want um, a colour that's going to speak to them. So, for example, if they're more modern, you know, they would go with a more modern, you know, external facade and then that would carry through into the rest of the house. If they're wanting a more classic look, but then they would look at a more weatherboard style from head to toe, um, you know, wrap around, and again, that would then match, you know, inside uh, from outside, inside. So it's about having the right tools at your fingertips to start helping um, eliminate the things that you don't want, and then starting to help point them into the direction that they do want. So I think there's great value in using resources that are there um, for, you know, product and really. Um, you know, I always say to clients, you know, we're going to take you on an educational journey because, you know, words that they may, may not even recognise, you know, like a new post and wall sconce and um, dado rails and picture rails, you know, it all they start becoming a bit glazy. So if we have, you know, components that start helping them and guiding them to understand, you know, the technology of wording and, and what that communication is going to be so we get the best out of the home that they're going to want – then that way we can start help you know I suppose mending the gap between you know looking at a pretty picture that's got wall sconces and you know your mirrors mm-hmm. in your bathroom to then pulling it all together right the way through the whole house.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's amazing as well actually how quick you do cotton onto the to the terminology around that kind of thing as well. And I'm just thinking from a point of view of say. Um, uh, my boyfriend and I, we've looked at a couple of houses, um, like just a couple of viewings. Um, shouldn't probably say it on the air, but, you know, purely uh, kind of recreational at the moment because we can't afford it. But, um, you know, we've gone to look at a few places. And it's interesting as you go around and look at a couple of different places that you see different things, like you've mentioned there. And you kind of look at it and go, OK, I like that, but I don't particularly like that. And mm-hmm. as you say, maybe maybe eliminating things that you don't want is you know, is all, is it, is just as effective as looking at something and deciding you definitely want that because, you know, you could change your mind down the line, but, you know, you can kind of be very definite on the things you don't want. So it's, it's, it's just interesting when you, when you mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, like mentioning what you've just said then, it's a great idea to
1: again, go and try to have a look at, um, you know, houses the size? Because, you know, size is one of the things that sometimes people don't understand and you know when pad goes down as a prime example and then they start pacing things out the first thing that they generally say if it's you know for example a project home is how small things are because they don't visually understand the sizes of spaces so again it's a great idea to step things out to you know find a big area that you can start understanding you know and measuring room sizes Um, you know, especially in that Hamptons, you know, when we talk about great rooms and, you know, your great room needs to pretty much fit in at least three sofas, a couple of good, you know, single Mm -hmm. chairs. And I always say to people, you know, right from the get go, and I suppose this tends to sound a little bit back to front of what most people do, but I always start with furniture first. Now, the reason that I do that is that if somebody has their heart set on You know, for example, a fireplace with two beautiful cabinets each side with a couple of beautiful wingback chairs with Mm. two, three and a half seat sofas with a big, you know, square or rectangular coffee table. And then they move into their house and they can only realise that they can't do the wing wing chairs. They can't have the TV where they wanted it to be. They can't have a library where they wanted it to be. And they can only fit one sofa. Um, Dining tables is another great one is that they say, oh, we want a 12-seater dining table, you know, because we we need to be able to have all the family over and this is what we want. And then they move and then they realise they can get a two-metre dining table, which maybe seats eight. So it's having that understanding right from the get-go, you know, that what – Furniture, do you want? How do you want the rooms to look? And then work around those spaces, knowing that there is space to put all of their dream visions and bring that to life. So, you know, from the get go, doing that as a first step. And then you start designing the house. And then you start, you know, going into the selections and, you know, all the fun stuff of pulling all of those pieces together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes sense actually looking at it um looking at from point of view of uh of I suppose essentially um essentially choosing the choosing the space the house or the uh the building around the around the uh the vision as you say with um yeah, absolutely. Um but yeah, Natalie, I guess like once kind of I I guess after the ideas part or the ideas stage of once you've got that in order I suppose the The next challenge or well, I shouldn't say challenge, it is a challenge at the moment from just from uh, from kind of um, anecdotal experience Um, is trying to find a builder. Um, And I know James Hardy does have the find a builder uh, feature on their website. I mean, you'll obviously be able to speak to this probably, you know, uh, better than anybody. Uh, there's obviously, obviously, you guys are incredibly busy at the moment and you're kind of compounded, as is everyone, by staffing issues and, you know, supply chain um, woes and that kind of thing. Uh, how, what kind of, I suppose, what are the challenges facing facing builders at the moment, Natalie? And I guess for someone who's intending to do some work, how far in advance of say a planned um work would they want to be trying to engage with a builder and getting them getting them signed up so to speak?
1: Yeah, re- really, really good question. And and again, it's a little bit chicken before the egg stuff at the moment. Sure. What what I mean by that is that, you know, if somebody doesn't have a design or working drawings and then trying to engage a builder, you know, before they even do that, Um, You know, can be quite difficult. However, that being said, if they, you know, drive past, you know, a street and they see an amazing house that's being built and it's got a builder's details out the front, you know, that would be a really good point of call because also sometimes builders will also work hand in hand, um, you know, with an architect or a person or have a design team like what we do. Um, so it's always good to recognize, you know, first, if they've seen something that they like, um, and maybe, you know, they go and have a look at some other, other sort of builds that they've done, I think is a really good idea as well. And you're right. I mean, James Hardy have, have this fabulous, you know, little find me a builder, you know, and again, if if you're looking for something specific, that's got, you know, that cladding product or it's got something, you know, whether it be a modern look or a Hampton's look, um, -hmm you know, another great resource as well is to try to identify your look, because that's also something that can be quite difficult to do. And again, another great resource is being able to go onto the site and look at inspiration, and then it will show you different, you know, looks and galleries. And even under Hamptons, you can look at Australian, you know, classic and beach coastal traditional. So, it brings sure. up the specifics of what you're looking for, as well as, you know, the modern home lookbook. You know, you can go you can go in there and go, oh, wow, that's amazing. And then, you can actually be directed to who the builder was or, you know, they can help find you, you know, who actually put that together. So I think that that's a really, really good point of call. And the other thing that people can do is, um, you know, I think finding um, maybe a great You know, looking through magazines, this is a really good point, looking through magazines or or Instagram, Pinterest, um, house, those sorts of things are a really good um, resource because you can actually see things on there and normally it will say who the builder, you know, designer Mm. or somebody is within there. Um, You know, the building industry I think is all about making sure that the builder has planned and got steps in place and have best practice services. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, they're not just, um, you know, they've got a good amount of builds underneath their belt. Um, You know, they're not, um, you know, unhappy to allow you to go and talk to other clients that they've had. And a really good tip is to, you know, sometimes people or they or a builder will refer you to client X, Y and Z. Um, If you've got the opportunity and of course, they're just sort of handpicked ones that they know are going to give them the best reviews. One thing that I actually like to do, and, and again, I, I really stand by this, is that, you know, if you have the opportunity to go and speak to their trades um, and or their suppliers, because how they will, you know, I suppose, introduce themselves to a client would be, you know, which is obviously their best foot forward, uh, how they respect and treat their trades and communicate and, and how they, you know, work with their suppliers is going to be, the perfect way of how that trade responds to how they're being treated because they're sort of at the end of the chain. So, you know, if a builder doesn't, you know, pay them on time, you know, speak to them respectfully, um, you know, not treating them well, well, then I probably wouldn't go with them. Um, You know, if a builder, you know, has had trades underneath their belt that they've worked with and nurtured and trained and have great feedback, you know, that, they're, they're really respectful and respected, and, and their communication is really, really good. Well, then that's a really good, you know, sign of best practice within, you know, the builder and how they present themselves. So, I always sort of say, look, it's great to get referrals from a um, from a consumer. I think that's a really good way to have a look at a track record. But it's also really good if you can to speak to the, you know, the people that they work with day in day out. Yeah. Yeah. Does that
0: make sense? Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely, and um, yeah, coming back just uh, just kind of segueing back a little bit, I suppose, Natalie. Um, obviously, budget is key to uh, any successful job. Um, and obviously, granted, we'd all like to have more than what we probably start out with, but the uh-huh. that that's the that's the 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 challenge and the compromises that, that have to be made. Um. I guess it would that be one of the main kind of challenges, Natalie, is is one of the main, say, you know, issues would that some or would that kind of would the main issue be that people have just completely maybe not overshot the budget because, you know, you kind of know when you're about to do that, but maybe overestimated the budget and had to kind of rein it back in a bit.
1: Look, I think I think there's a couple of different components underneath that. I think if somebody goes to um, a designer, architect, drafts company, and they say, look, I've got a million dollars, and then they design something that's two million dollars, then you know that's just that's just not great. You know, so yeah. listening and communicating to the homeowner, understanding what their needs are. You know, really, um, you know, understanding specifically in each state I think is really important because what you can build in, in WA for a million dollars to what you can build in Melbourne or Sydney or Queensland for that. Yeah you know, matter are all completely different. So it's a matter of understanding, you know, the what, um, you know, things cost and what, you know, quantities amount and what sizes of, of things are so that you don't um, give them a false expectation of what they can have. And I think this is where a lot of builders sometimes become unstuck and, and where you get nabbed is, you know, so for example, if somebody, you know, says they've got a million dollars, And they don't have great communication with, um, you know, designer, whoever is designing it. Whoever is going to then be pulling together the selections, and that goes from anything from flooring to skirting to detail design of the staircase to, you know, your taps. Is somebody going to be a Roger Sellers tap or are they going to be a Reese tap? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, understanding what their their budget is is absolutely imperative so that you know whether or not you can use Carrara marble or whether you have to use Caesarstone. It gives you a good understanding and, and you have to understand, you know, what things cost in the marketplace um you know what um the expectation is of the client and if you know I always sort of say look you know if you don't want to blow the budget you know spend in areas that are going to give you you know value and money back so for example the facade of the house you know is a no-brainer you know the the first um point of entry and how it looks externally is absolutely critical yeah. Second to that, as far as a money spend is your kitchen. You know, the kitchen, um, you know, should always be, you know, the most beautiful centrepiece of the house. It's going to be one of the first things that people see, you know, so it's not um, surprising to put, you know, a good amount of budget into that. Um, But then, you know, look at what you can use in other wet areas that aren't going to break the bank. So it's being, um, you know, very mindful of, you know, product and educating yourself with, you know, what is out there in the marketplace. And things do turn over a lot. um, And there are so many differences, you know, within and underneath that banner that people have to understand. And I think when it comes to that process of sitting down with a client to do selections, it's one thing designing a house. It's another thing being able to then allow them the selections that they want. And the other thing is that not only that, is that you also have to be very mindful of um, any of the layering that comes into it. So any other specific design elements, whether it be a coffered ceiling, whether it be a beautiful staircase, um, you know, whether they're wanting to have transom windows over, you know, some beautiful French doors. It's, you know, looking at their budget and saying, okay, well, you can afford to do that here as as a feature, but then let's, you know, pull it back in X, Y, and Z. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, let's look at flooring and let's look at the differences of solid, you know, um, engineered or a laminate, as an example. You know, this is what they look like these are your point of differences and this is what it's going to cost and i think giving that information to the client is going to allow you not only to stand out you know as far as they're concerned but it gives them all the information that they need to make an absolutely educated decision and then from there is making sure that you can cross your t's and dot your i's in so many different areas of anything from an electrical plan you know knowing where you want your pendants knowing where you want your downlights um, you know, thinking about things like you know your your wall plugs, you know all the things that people sometimes go, oh that that's just a you know a doodad, you know, but it's something that is so specific because if you miss that off the plan of the working drawings um, and and the you know getting that through that whole process, any change is going to cost you money. So you want to try to have as many ducks in a row right at that very beginning so that you don't get any surprises because I know that some companies will, you know, charge you $500 for a change and then whatever that change is, it's going to cost you more. So Mm -hmm. the more that you can um, know and have up front and being articulate with things, you know, and walking through, you know, the plans with the client from the get-go is going to allow you to have a better understanding of what that cost is going to be right up front. Even things like landscaping, um, you know, having a good understanding of what that's going to cost, you know, getting all your ducks in a row um, is going to make or break the budget. I mean, there is nothing worse than somebody walking into a house that they say is finished and they've got their keys with no window treatments, no furniture, no landscaping, so they're, they're in a dust, you know, bowl, you um, you know, those things are not helpful for somebody because then it could take them another two years because they've broken the bank because nobody educated them right up front. So budget is so incredibly important, and I think it's really being mindful of what that client has come to you and asked for. And it doesn't matter, honestly. And if somebody has three million dollars to spare, or you know, to build, or three hundred thousand to you know, to build three million or thirty million you know those clients still need to have their hand held in a way that you know any budget can go over if you're not fully aware and have that communication right at the very beginning
0: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely uh, yeah absolutely it makes a, makes a lot of sense and I think you've uh, you've probably given a lot of food for thought to a lot of our listeners who might be planning to do uh, to do works or anything like that this year um <laughs> I guess the only other thing to ask, Natalie, is, um, you know, obviously you've touched on there a couple of things in terms of selecting builders um, and, and kind of going beyond just the the standard references and that kind of thing. Do you have any other tips for people looking for the right builder to get the right builder for the right job? Look, I think it comes
1: down to um, having a look at works that the builder has done in the past, mm. you know, looking for, you know, specific things like, you know, if you've got in your head that you want to have, you know, this grand, you know, entrance with a beautiful staircase, you know, the craftsmanship of how that's done, you know, if they're wanting wainscoting and, you know, again, I'm talking in reference to Hampton style houses because that's what we do. um You know, you can see some wainscoting that looks very, you know, passe, se, and then you look at somebody that's done by a master craftsman and you know immediately that the attention to detail is second to none. So, it's about, you know, them, you know, a builder having the right trades underneath their, you know, their belt and having the tools and the toolkits and the trades, you know, within them to make sure that they've got all of those, um, you know, those things in place. I think also, you know, having a look at past, um, you know builds that they've done as we've talked about before and having looking at the relationships that they've had um you know it's really really important to sort of understand and, and look at a question that you can ask which you know sometimes might feel a bit awkward but i think it's really relevant is actually asking if they've had any other you know issues with clients you know we always talk about um, you know, sometimes clients will only ask the nice questions, they mm-hmm. won't ask the hard questions. And the hard questions sometimes are: you know, have you had a dispute? You know, what's happened? you know, if the tile wasn't right or what happens, you know, if the roof colour wasn't right or, or if you've come up, you know, what are the problems that you've had? Because how they answer, you know, those questions um in a manner of, yes, look, we've had this issue, but this is how we resolved it. You know, yeah. um, we um we've had, you know, this, but this is what we did to, you know, to help the client. And then, you know, when the client sent, you know, when you speak to the client, you can say, look, you know what, what are the what issues you know did you have through the build and you know was it a time issue was it a supply issue was it you know a craftsmanship issue and you know asking those hard questions sometimes shows you more about the builder and you know how they what they would term a best practice be um you know if a builder turns around and says oh you know I, I, I couldn't wait to get rid of them and I paid them off and you know this then they <laughs> just can't wait to get yeah. out the door clearly that's not the right guy to go with, whereas if you've got somebody that's very nurturing and communicative and, you know, able to say, look, you know, sure, we we actually had this and this is how we actually resolved it at a higher level. And, you know, if there are any issues, this is how we can um, do that. This is how that can be avoided. And, you know, getting them to answer what the problems were, you, you kind of get a good feel for how they communicate effectively and how they're you know, working to have that conduit, you know, between the client and, um, you know, the build themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because the
1: the reality is this, Anna, is that that builder and those trades you're going to be with for a minimum of, of, you know, call it 12 months to sometimes up to five years. So if you don't have a great relationship with them, you know, you almost become part of the family because, you know, you are – so um in engaged with them as people and their family and what you're doing for them that you know you the relationship that you have and that's how you know a great builder you know if you get a builder that's gone from grandparent to parent to kids mm-hmm. you know that they're a really good and safe bet that they're going to do a good good job on your home
0: yeah yeah absolutely i think uh i, I the the idea of being um being uh stuck with for five years with a builder that you don't get along with i think there might be a, a tv sitcom series in that um yeah but yeah definitely natalie that um that covers everything that i wanted to ask more than covers that i would say um and uh yeah look if uh is there anything else that you want to add yourself any anything else that um that we should have touched on do you think Look, I think you've covered most of
1: it. I, I think just in in closing, you know the the things that people need to really think about is you know choosing um, you know first of all finding out what it is that they want. Um, you know finding a great um, you know designer slash builder that they want to be working with um you know getting some great feedback you know use the tools at your fingertips you know like the the James Hardy website is you know fantastic when you know you're thinking about you know what look it is that you're looking for you know there are so many tools available for educational reasons. Um, it's just a really, you know, great way that's, you know, at your fingertips to do that, you know, thinking again, um, you know, about your style, you know, I think that that's really, really important and, again, you know, using the style source book because it's all there, it's laid out for you and then, you know, asking the questions and, you know, making sure that you're really satisfied with the answers and educate yourself, you know, even before you start opening up the doors.
0: Very good. Well I think that's uh, I think that's uh, as good a place as any to leave it, Natalie. Um listen, thank you once again for taking the time to have a chat to me. Really, really appreciate it. And I think uh, I think our listeners will will definitely take a lot away from this conversation. So thank you very much for your time today. Oh my absolute pleasure. My thanks again to Natalie for sharing some of her thoughts and insights with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred provider. Give us a like on social media. Or log on to build.com.au to keep up with our latest episodes and all of our latest news and features. Until the next time, all the best.